Good morning, Mr. Antoine Webb. Good morning, Mr. Duran. Wow, How are so you, sir? I just got to get... I, I'm better than most. I don't, I don't know if morning this morning. Uh, the weekend caught up to me, not sleeping. And I got up, and I didn't feel in frequency. What does that mean? I didn't feel like doing this right now. I didn't feel like doing anything. What I really wanted to do was crawl inside of a cave and hide like my father. Yeah. Right? Everybody. The point is, the context is, well, this morning when I called you, Antoine, you know, the law of the universe, the frequency, the positive vibes, and I started feeling a little bit better, we talked a little bit, talked about it a little bit, and started to wake up, I was listening to the music, it takes about two hours to get ready, to get going, to get revved up. And I just had a conversation with somebody, I want to share that, and I did it. What? Hey, are you on speakerphone? No, I'm on my... Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot, could you not hear me well? I had my Bluetooth turned up too high. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's much better now. Was it... Did you hear me a little bit? I just want to know if I could say that all over again for the audience. No, say, say it all over again. Oh, here we go. Oh, I'm thankful, grateful. <laughs> wow. Right, so wait, all right, guys, I apologize for that. My Bluetooth was turned up now about two hours ago when I got up about four hours too late on a Monday morning. Thank God it's Monday. Um, basically, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to. Here you go, my man. Yep. I didn't want to, I wouldn't have just given that homeless person by my car five bucks if I didn't feel in this frequency of love right now this morning, okay? And this is what happened. I used that, that Facebook approach that we talked about, Antoine. Right. First, I want to share that with everybody. This has worked for me, guys. Had a long weekend. I made the decision to, let's just say, have some fun. Obviously, I'm sober. I don't drink. But when you don't sleep at all for 40 hours straight or maybe three hours at a clip, it does catch up to you. So this morning, I could barely get up. And I used my trick of when I get up, as soon as I get up, I take my Facebook and I scroll on the news feed. Why? Now, it may sound like, wow, it was you trying to waste time. Yes, if I were to stay there for 30 minutes, that would be definitely a waste of time. I do it for about two minutes, three minutes, because I know this. When you scroll on that news feed, it releases dopamine in your brain. What is dopamine, Antoine? Dopamine is the happy receptors. Wow. Yes, basically you get up, right? It's an upper. It dopes you up. It gets you going, doesn't it? That's right. Okay, so now, if you're going to use it for good, and you've got to get the hell up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it is, I get on the, I get on the phone, I, I get it to wake me up without me having to try, so I don't need an alarm clock. I don't even need discipline. I got dopamine. <laughs> then I say, Anton, what do you tell me to do? Five what? Five four what? Five, five four three two one. You've got to use the five four three two one rule. And it's based on a book by Mel Robbins, and pretty much she saw a TV commercial that had a rocket ship on it, and it said five, this. four, three, two, one, and the rocket ship blasted off. She said, "You know what? That's what I need to do in my life." So whenever she needs to move and make action, and she wrote a big book about this, she said five, four, three, two, one, and then she moves her ass. 
Wow. So, guys, now, the context of this call today, just so you know, is it so Jake can blab on about how excited he is and how he was it about and two hours ago. It's funny that Antoine just proved the context of the call because when I called it this morning, Antoine, what did I tell you to talk about today we were going to talk about? We were going to talk about stories. Okay. What did you just do without even thinking about it? Told a story. And that story made me say, think about, oh, shoot. That's a good idea. See, we're conditioning ourselves to tell stories, because people buy stories. The points come later. If you've heard of the book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, people buy why you do what you do, not what you do and how you do it. People buy why you do what you do, not what you do and how you do it. I'm going to say it again. People buy why you do what you do, not what you do and how you do it. Meaning, neurologically, which brain is that, Antoine? It starts with an L. That's Olympic. Exactly. So if anyone here is sitting in a movie theater at some point in the future and ever laughs or cries or has an emotion, now logically, none of that is really happening, is it? No. Then then you have to beg the question, why are we laughing if it's not real? That's because our brain tricks our body. So today we're talking about stories. And before I ask Antoine what his story is and what I called him this morning is so he can tell me the story of what, what happened. I want, it's all stories. <laughs> what I want to talk about is about 10 minutes before we started this phone. No, five minutes. Not even right before we got on the phone. I was not even one millionth of as excited I am right now. I was actually, I was trying to drink my five-hour energy to get up. Still, after two hours of prepping myself, I worked out in the gym. I listened to two hours of audiobooks. I read on the treadmill. I was still trying to wake up. I even ate great a bunch of eggs. I, I was, you know, I'm feeding my body, my mind, my everything. I'm listening to classical music. I'm feeding my soul. I'm still not awake. It was about it's 10:23. It was it was 10:09 or something. This one gentleman that works in my parking garage. For whatever reason, I see me in him. It's almost like my soul touches his soul. My frequency dances with his. When I tell you positive, the guy, if he was any more positive, he'd be he'd be radioactive. <laughs> the guy, he's working in the parking garage, and he's going above and beyond every philosophical, cultural value that I wish I could express in a company through Culture Matters, he admits, whether he realizes it or not. So this morning I told him my story. I felt comfortable to tell him my story. How I, When I was a bouncer, when I was uh, almost on death's door many a time, when I was almost to the brink of incarceration, because I could feel that he either had been or been, little things he said to me could relate to that story. So I shared with him my story. You could see the, 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 the worth in this gentleman rise up in his eyes, in his body language, in his demeanor, and the energy that I got giving him my energy obviously has been translated on this call. Now we can go into the neurology of telling that story myself and how serotonin, the leader drug is, is released. Dopamine is released for feeling good. Oxytocin, the love drug, is released for giving value to others. We can go into that. We're in a but it all started with a story. My story I shared with him helps him relate to me. Got him excited and made me feel good. 
so the context of selling, and, 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 and I want to make this very clear, there's no such thing as selling. It's called authentic communication. The context of authentic communication between kindred spirits, every human being on the planet, starts with a story. So, Anton, I call you this morning. What do I say to you? So, Ann, we're going to talk about stories today. Think about a story that you'd like to tell. Is that all right? So, let me think of a damn story. I'm going to find some of a story to tell. And I found a story to tell. You want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear your story. All right. So yesterday, I had a friend of mine call me up. He goes, hey, he's a close friend of mine, too. Not, you know, not just like anybody off the street, but he's a good friend of mine. So he goes, he goes, Amp, what's up, man? I said, what's going on, brother? What are we doing, man? How's your day going? He goes, Amp, my day's going great right now, but I have something here that I, I, I want to ask you, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel comfortable asking you, but I want to ask you because it's for my girl. So I said, all right, what you got going on? What, what's your girl need? How can I help? So he goes, listen, he goes, you know, we go riding every once in a while. You know, we've been riding for years now. You know, we, he, he owns motorcycles and, and, and whatnot. We go riding once in a while. And, uh, so I, but I don't ride a two, uh, the two-wheel. I, I have a three-wheel. Uh, it's called a slingshot. So uh, it's a really cool bike. It's good. You fit two people on it. It's got a steering wheel, and, uh, you know, it's, it's clutch on transmission. It's fun. It's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun thing to, to, to drive. Um, it's like an oversized Can-Am. So yeah. anyways, so he calls me and says, listen, Ant, he goes, my girl... She doesn't want to get on the back of my bike with me, and her pops and a couple of his friends are going riding, and they invited us, but I can't use my bike. And I really hate to miss out on this trip, man. And you think there's a possibility that I'd be able to, you know, come by, use your slingshot this way, my girl can ride with us, and, you know, she feels more safe on it, being that it's not a two-wheel, she doesn't really like being on the back of the bikes. I said, uh... So what the hell are you still doing on the phone, man? Come pick this shit up. <laughs> I said if it's gonna I said it's gonna make it's gonna make your day today, you coming to get this thing? He says it's gonna make my month, brother. He said I'd hate to have to miss this and the bonding experience with her family and her because I don't have the bike. I said, Bro, what's mine is yours. Come take it. I'll see you in ten minutes. He said, Aunt, I love you, man. I don't know how I could thank you. Thank you. So now what I got from that was wow. the immediate thing that I took away was you have to, no matter what you have, it's not about what you have, it's about what you can give. And that's not only in the materialistic sense of giving because to me, what I was giving him wasn't a motorbike. It wasn't something of mine that I had to give him. What I gave him was a beautiful day with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's family. That's what I gave him. I didn't give him a motorbike. I gave him a memory and an experience. Wow. And that's how we need to start to look at things when we're going through our lives. Uh, that five dollars that you gave that homeless guy, Jay, you didn't just you didn't give him five dollars. 
You gave him sustenance. You gave him a meal. You gave him a water. You gave him life. It's true. Currency is just a, it's just a distribution platform for energy, for exactly. frequency, for an outcome. You know, and it's funny you saying this. Okay, so philosophically, right, I couldn't agree more with you. That's why we are kindred spirits. And the goal of, of the outcome of what we do in our companies is to help the world uplift its consciousness. That's obvious. Now, in the context of communicating effectively, right away when I'm hearing that story, it's reminding me of a Chinese proverb. Those who have need not say. Meaning, imagine you were trying to tell people that didn't know you what a great guy you were. And the reptile brain, in their mind, in lack of emotional intelligence, appreciate that you could be telling your truth, them not believing you. However, if you told that story, what is it that in their mind, what conclusion are they going to come to on their own without you saying it? It's a chivalrous person. This guy actually cares about people. Yeah. And that's the power of the spoken story. Not the spoken word, the spoken story. And the context of this call today, how do you use stories to help other people come to logical commonsensical points in their mind so you can help, not hurt, but help them come to a conclusion that may help themselves. Does that make it sense, Anthony? That makes perfect sense. Let's say you're going to a company. Let's say Culture Matters is going to a company. And my outcome <laughs> is I want this company to see the value in transcribing and discussing and becoming a specific set of values and beliefs. I'm going to tell this story. May I share it with you? Go ahead. Please share. Well, it was simple. It was 1978 when two men and one, one man's counterpart on this earth, luckily for him, I didn't find mine yet, <laughs> Chip Tindall, his wife and his best friend, right, are sitting there and thinking, how can we help people get more organized? 1978. So they raised enough cash, about 40000 to start the first store that was going to consist of selling containers. Containers that would, like you said, the $5 is just a means to an outcome. The containers are just a means to an outcome. Help people be what? More organized. Well, in 1978, they started. <coughs> and with great success, because of the philosophical values they had of filling other people's baskets to the brim, Creating an experience that started at the door, just at the end of the day, doing the right thing, listening, understand not to apply, being enthusiastic, passionate, of love, they became very, 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 very successful. Well, it was 1988 in Texas when they opened their largest store. So fast forward 10 years of trials, tribulations, almost losing to everything that we've all seen in the books and the stories and the movies of businesses that became great, that went through things that were hard. It was 1988, and they were doing very, very, very well. Well, like all solutions to a problem, the law of entry, energy is never gone or finitely destroyed. It's displaced or replaced. So with all great successes, there's always more problems. And they actually had more problems the more success they got, meaning it almost seemed as all the employees that they had that they needed to solve the problems of the store, it was, it was almost like herding cats. 
How could Kip get all these employees to believe what he believes? So it's almost like his Holy Spirit, his essence, was there when he wasn't there. Maybe not physically there, but how could he get himself spiritually there in the store to guide these people? And he came up with these seven foundation principles. See, Kip Tyndall had been carting around, being a philosophical person his entire life, he'd been carting around these stacks and stacks of papers of quotes and philosophies and uh, literature on cultures and belief systems and values. And out of all that paperwork, he said, these are the seven core values that, that I believe if I have followed, that if my people followed, we could, we, could, we could harness the spirit of the first store and scale it into any, every store. So one stormy, dark, cloudy night, Kip Tindall sat there with the leaders of his store, and he shared with them these seven foundation principles. And I won't bore you with the details, but the three that stuck in my mind was the seventh, the air of excellence. When someone walks through that door, they get greeted with a warm, a warm hearty hello. The experience starts at the door, and it ends when they leave. Goodbye. The third, of the, man in desert, the third one being the man in desert selling. The context and the premise of that, if a man is in the desert, first they need water, then they need clothes, then they, need, then they may need a phone, then they need, may need all of these other things that one working in the oasis that they, 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 they stumbled upon wouldn't know unless they asked questions. And another philosophy filled the other person's basket to the brim which correlates to Antoine's story, giving first, expecting nothing, which correlates to culture matters philosophy. So Kip Tindall shared these cultural values with employees, and now him not being as uh, extroverted or loquacious as myself, being more laconic and shy, he wasn't sure if they would be uh, understood or, 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 or taken, taken in the hearts, the minds, and the spirits of his people. However, lo and behold, he was very surprised. On that dark, stormy night, his people admired and respected and, and, and rejoiced to the fact that their founder would share with them his heart, his soul, and, and his mind in context so they could someday be like him, think like him, talk like him, and act like him. Well, one night... Walking <laughs> hopelessly through Barnes and Noble, Jade and myself, two and a half years ago, stumbled on a book that was written in 2014 by this gentleman called Uncontainable. And in this book, after having been living on a credit card, broke as heck, opening my first business where I had people that had to get fed by me, I figured out that I need to write down who I am into some kind of values and core beliefs clearly and concisely transcribed so my people could be as passionate as his company was. And in his book, he acclaims their massive success in 36 years selling freaking containers, for God's sakes, that no other company had been as successful to these seven yummy principles, these seven foundation principles to create a yummy culture, as he calls it, where they have 90% of the employees of previous customers, one-tenth of the attrition of any other retailer, and they get paid double any other retailer. And here I sat reading this book, devouring this book, and coming up with mine that absolutely, fundamentally changed my life forever. How you doing? So how you doing? So if you're sitting in this audience or sitting on the phone or you're listening to this story and you aren't sure 
what you look like on paper, meaning what's your character, what's your belief system, what are your values, and how can you clearly and concisely transcribe those into context so your people reading them know why they're showing up to work, have purpose, have a meaning to life in the store, in the business, and can solve the most problems for your customer because if a business is your solution as a founder to a problem and the profit lies between the overhead and the income and how your people delineate who you are, When are you going to figure that out? Yesterday. Yesterday. So, uh, storytelling. <laughs> See that? Okay, now let's pause for a second. <coughs> Gee, I need a tea, my voice. Yeah, I think uh, Antoine on a lot of bases there, Jay. That story of the container store, the point of it was what? The point of it was the culture of the company. And how that and culture of the company brought that company to higher heights and to have more employee comfortability than they ever thought possible through the core values of the company. And how, yeah, and how did Kip Tinnell do it? And he did it by breaking down who he was into yeah. different steps that the employees can emulate. Exactly, and writing it down clearly and concisely. So the point is, if no, if people on the call, if people listening to this story, aren't sure of how to do that, aren't sure of well, first, aren't sure why they should do that, aren't sure what the outcome could be, and aren't sure how to do it. After listening to this story, it may inspire them. Why? Because the why, the purpose comes first. Just like how Kip Tindall writes down who he is and talks about it, invokes the why of the employee to want to be better and to know how. The people on the call, the people in the audience, the people that need to, to get that point, to get that outcome, that the, the unknown unknowns that they don't know they don't know, by telling that story perfectly, precisely, and well, enthusiastically, I may be the spark to light their fire of success. But only through stories... Can we neurologically lower the limiting beliefs, arouse pain, emotion, inspiration, hope, and help them logically justify why they may need to take a different action through different beliefs and get different results? So I hope this call of storytelling was insightful to everyone on it. I hope you got value from it, and I can't wait for the next call we tie it into the three-brain communication. Anton, you have anything you want to leave everybody with? Yes. Uh, one point to take away. Um, now, when we talk about this in context of sales or com unconsciously confident communication, okay, yeah. uh, now, being that we are humans and we have imagination, now, we can capitalize and literally see the future in our own brains. Now, if you have a customer with a situation and you're telling them a story about their problem, now, it may not have to be a story that happened to you in your life. A story could simply be the story of what is going to happen in the future if this person allows their problem to continue. Yeah, so like a narration, meaning you could you could use it. You could you could think about movie. The movie doesn't necessarily have to be real, does it? 
No. It's just about narrating a context. And we're going to go into that. How specifically to tell a story? I think that might be a great topic on the next call. What do you think? I think that we should definitely do that. So, Antoine, let's make it a homework today to, think, to come up with some ideas that we could catch everybody tomorrow on the call there. Awesome. So we'll come up hey, with you have a great day. You. Have a blessed you day. Too. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.